Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up Radio. I am your host, Anthony Hansen. Here, we are passionate about God's word. We're passionate to see in his face and making sure that we're always in line with his word. Amen. With that being said, it is Friday, which means it is Final Thoughts Friday. I am so happy for you guys to be with me today. Before we get started, let's do some house cleaning real quick. Again, you can find Fired Up Radio on Anchor.fm. You can find it on Spotify, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can also look us up on Facebook. Just type in Fired Up Radio, or you can type in the handle at Fired Up Radio 93 in the search bar, and it should be able to pop up the profile as well as the page. You're able to like, comment, share, subscribe, everything that you need to do. You can message me if you want. I'm Fired Up Radio, and guess what? We'll be able to talk, chat, begin to discuss some things, and you guys are able to keep me in check if that be the case. But with that being said, given that it is Final Thoughts Friday, today's topic is going to be about servanthood. Servanthood. That is the very thing that the Lord was touching on my heart throughout this week. As I was going through the book of Philippians with my wife through our devotional time, and we're going through verses 5 through 11, and there's something interesting within verse 5 that stood out. We'll go ahead and cover that in a minute, but let's first just pray, and then we'll get right into it. Amen? Lord, we thank you for today, because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. And Father, we just give you all the honor and glory and praise because you are worthy of all of it all, Lord. Father, right now we ask for you to bless this time. We ask of you to, to, to throughout this time to deal with our hearts. And may you bring conviction, not condemnation. May you draw, allow us to draw closer to you and to be more like you versus being separated from you and just allowing a chasm to be built between us. Father, we thank you. And we come against the spirit of offense. We come against every spirit of distraction. We come against every manipulative spirit, every foul spirit. We say unto you, the Lord rebuke you. We bind you in the name of Jesus, for you have no right to enter this meeting. We command you to go back into the pits of hell, back into the abyss and desert and dry land, for you shall not and will not impede and circumvent this time of ministry. Because this is the time where the Lord has place in our lives. Lord, we give you permission. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to work in us, through us, and around us today. At this time, at this very moment, Lord, we give you room. And we ask of you to lead and to and, and, and to drive this discussion, drive this conversation, drive this moment of being awakened to your heart and knowing how you want us to be how you want us to live our lives in accordance to your word, which reflects the heart of Christ and the kingdom of heaven. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So again, like I was saying in the introduction, we're going to be talking about servanthood right now on final... On Final Thoughts Friday here on Fired Up Radio. Why servanthood? Well, 
these past couple of weeks have been difficult for my wife and I when it comes to our son. In the matter of all transparency, we've been having issues with our son trying to figure out why he's acting the way he's acting. What? What is my wife and I missing when it comes to our son? What are we not doing that's causing him to act out the way that he's been acting out? Well, the secret lies within Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. If you're wondering what that says, I'm reading out of the the CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible version. And it reads this, verse 5 of chapter 2 in the book of Philippians. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. And I began to think, what attitude would Jesus have with kids? How did the Bible portray Jesus whenever he was surrounded by children? Well, the first thing that came to mind was... The imagery when children tried to rush to Jesus and the disciples circumvented that process. But Jesus rebuked the disciples and telling them, Never stop the little children coming unto me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I began to think, Have I been acting like Jesus to my son? Have I been able to show my son how Jesus would act in certain situations and times? Jesus is known as the servant of all. Jesus served the children by allowing them to come to him. By spending quality time with them. Enjoying their presence talking with them. What else did Jesus do with children? Well, Jesus fed them. How can I say this? Well, there was two instances in the Bible, especially in the Gospels, where there was a multitude of people, thousands upon thousands. Both times they were hungry. Jesus both instances, was given a lunchbox meal. And both times, Jesus blessed it and dispersed it among the people. Now, the one thing that the Bible highlights is mainly the men. But yet it also highlights not counting women and children. That's what it says after saying thousands of men, not counting women and children. So Jesus fed the children, but in what manner? Not just in the physical realm, but with spiritual food, he fed them. Because the Bible says that he spent hours talking with them. The Sermon on the Mount was his longest sermon recorded. Yet, Jesus fed them. Not just spirit, not just physically, but spiritually. 
So I began to think, how am I serving my son? Yeah, I feed him dinner, breakfast, and lunch. I pack his snacks for school. He's taken care of in that regard. But have I fed my son spiritually and emotionally and mentally? Have I served my son in the in these regards, in these areas? I will sadly confess I have not. I have slacked in many areas. And one of those areas is feeding my son spiritually. I have. And when I got this revelation a couple weeks ago, I remembered what a book that I read. It was a little pamphlet book talking about family worship. And mind you, I listened to some pastors that charge us that challenge the men to lead family worship. I've been going through the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 6 talks about the men, the fathers, leading family worship and teaching the ways of the Lord, teaching the children the commandments of God and to uphold them all the days of their life. We also read, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, to honor our fathers and mothers. But with it, we shall obtain long life. Have I shown my son what honor looks like to my parents, to my wife? How does that look? Have I honored have I shown my son how to honor authority? Because in return, if I show him how to honor authority and those who are in my life, will he begin to reflect that to me? Not because I want the honor, but because I'm his father and because I want him to live a long life. Therefore, I want to teach him to honor authority, honor law enforcement, honor first responders, honor pastors and leaders and, and, and the president of the United States, regardless of his viewpoints. Congress, congressmen and women, senators, state representatives. I want to teach them what honoring that person and the position they're in looks like. Because the moment we allow dishonor to take place, it's the breeding ground for rebellion. That which is likened to witchcraft, according to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. How am I serving my son when it comes to feeding him spiritually, emotionally, and mentally? Have I taken the time to sit down with him to help him navigate through his emotional woes? 
let's face it, I'll be completely honest. My wife and I have been separated for going on four years. Four years my wife and I have been separated. Don't get me wrong. Every day is better than the last because we're growing closer and closer and closer to where we're sick and tired of being separated and we need a home. So if you guys have a prayer list, keep my whole family in your prayers that my wife and I finally have our place of living. That's all I got to say about that. Right now, we don't care if it's an apartment. We don't care if it's a full-on home. But just a place to start functionality in, in a system and order be restored back into our homes. Point blank, period. But it's, it's taking a toll on my son. Because ever since he was two and a half, his parents have been separated. My second child, who's only a few months old, has fallen a victim to his parents being separated since he was two, three months old. Guess what? He's never seen his family been under one roof. My twins were born while my wife and I have been separated, have never seen my wife and I under one roof functioning as a family in order, in functionality. So my question is, how am I able to serve my, my children who have not seen their parents operate under one roof? And how can I serve my wife during this time of dysfunction? Well, the Lord has shown me how I can do that. Continue to provide by working and taking what I have to pour into the life of my children. The Lord has also shown me to restart family worship. Making sure that the family comes together on every given Sunday and every given midweek service. And to study the word together. Guess what? My kids have the beginner's Bible. Guess what I do with them? Is it completely accurate in the way that it teaches the word of God? By no means. It is childlike. It is child friendly. It's easy on the ears of a child. Because you don't want to read through the book of Deuteronomy and it talks about rape and incest and, and stoning people. Let's face it, little ears are not ready to hear that yet. Agreed? But the beginner's Bible gives at least a general synopsis of God's love, grace, and mercy and what it looks like to be in obedience to the word of God and the benefit thereof. Okay? So what I've been doing since the Lord convicted me on this a couple weeks back is I started rereading the Beginner's Bible 
with at least my oldest boys. And because they're able to talk and comprehend what's being read to them, and they're able to see the pictures on the page, after every story, I ask them three things that you got out of the story. What are three things that the Lord has shown you? On top of that, my second child even caught me at one point. Because I was just going to start reading. And he goes, Daddy, wait. Got to pray before reading. Like, you know what? You're right. Because I've been teaching them. Before you read the Word of God, you always pray that the Lord give you wisdom and discernment. So you know what God is. So you give room for the Holy Spirit and room for the Lord to go ahead and speak to you in regards to whatever you're going to read when it comes to His Word. Guess what? That, 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 they get it. We read upwards to four stories a night when we can. And they give me three points with their own limited understanding, with their own limited comprehension of what's being read to them. And they give me three points. And I'm like, all right, well, this is what daddy knows about the story. And this is what God shows daddy when it comes to this. Not only do I ask them, but I give them the guidance and the leadership as their father. So I feed them spiritually. I feed them spiritually at home. And I feed them spiritually by taking them to church. So much so that my oldest sees me on Thursday nights and Sunday morning services. Because, I was, because I've been deemed as an intercessor by my pastors and leaders to be a part of that circle to pray for the services in public and in private, as well as for the pastors and any, and any guest speakers that come in on a given service and to pray for them. Pray before they go up and pray after they go up. And whenever there's an altar call and it calls for the intercessors to be a part of it. Guess what? My son has seen it. My son has heard me pray. Therefore, he wants to pray just like daddy. Ain't that something great? I don't know about you, but that warms my heart. Like, I got to be mindful. I got to be discerning of that. Because now I got to work on his emotional intelligence. I got to work on how is he doing this? Is he doing it because he wants to be like daddy because he sees daddy reaching towards heaven? Or does he want to be like daddy because he because he's trying to do it to seek approval from daddy to get daddy's attention? I got to let him know, buddy, when you're praying, don't do it to get my attention. Don't do it just to try to get approval from me. If you're a praying boy, I'm always happy about that. But the only one who's more excited, the fact that you're praying at such a young age and with such fervency is God. Is God the Father himself. Who's happy to hear you pray. 
Because what did I say earlier? Let all the little children come unto me. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So now I ask you. How are you serving? How are you adopting the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus? How are you serving the church? It don't matter what capacity your position is. Because guess what? My pastor has helped with the construction of the building we're in. He has helped with the design and partook in putting in place several things for the children's church. For the youth. He has cleaned toilets. He has vacuumed areas. He has washed windows. I know because I've seen him do it. He does not excuse himself from serving the house of God. It don't matter how low he may look. Because guess what? He knows that Jesus washed the feet of the disciples and those who were in whatever house he was in. So he knows he's not exempt from washing toilets, from mopping floors, from washing windows, from greeting people as they're coming in. He's not doing it to seek his own fame and glory. I know this because this is my pastor's heart. I don't have to talk to him on a regular basis. I see him in action. When you get to see your pastor's heart and you don't even have to say much, yet you already know his heart, that already speaks volumes as to the level in which he serves. The level in which he's able to go to to ensure that everything is in order, ensuring that when people step into the room, that they know that they're welcome, that they know that they're home, that they know that they're at the right place at the right time, that they're able to sit there and receive the word of the Lord to be convicted and to be repentant of whatever they need changed so that God can move in their life. And on top of that, he has his own business. On top of that, he counsels. On top of that, he spends hours in the word of God, studying and receiving from God the revelation necessary for the congregation to set to be set to release on any given Sunday and midweek service. That's my pastor for you. So I challenge you, pastors, how low are you willing to go to serve your congregants, to serve the flock that, that the Lord has entrusted you with? Because no job is too small. You are not exempt from serving the house. David was a shepherd and yet was called to be the king over Israel. Jesus got on his, feet, on his knees to wash the feet of the disciples. He fed the multitude. He healed the blind, raised the dead, healed the sick, allowed the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the mute to speak. 
casting out demons. Tell me. How's your church ever going to grow if they don't see you serve? And don't do it to receive glory, but do it as unto Christ himself. Because the word of the Lord said that what you do to the least of these is as if you're doing unto me. Therefore, if you are serving the people, as if you're serving as if you're serving the kingdom of God. So what capacity are you serving the kingdom of God? And that goes to every bystander within the church. Are you going to continue being a seat warmer, a bench warmer, the water boy? Just sit there on any given service and just shut down the preacher whenever he says something good and then just walk out? Tell me, are you plugged into a ministry? Are you plugged into a discipleship group? Are you gathering with a group of men? Are you gathering with a group of women? Women with women, men with men. Are you gathering together with marriages? Are you developing relationships within the ministry? Are you partaking of the youth ministry and helping them develop and grow? How are you an extension of the ministry that you have rooted yourself in? How are you serving because let me tell you something. When you serve the kingdom of God, you begin to flow in the anointing of God. You begin to develop, you begin to develop relationships, and you give God room to operate in your life and to use you as a vessel that God can pour himself into. When you serve, you're pouring yourself out so God can pour him can pour more of himself into you. That's what servanthood is. It's not to receive glory, it's not for your face to be made known. It's not for you to be glorified, but it's for God to receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. The whole point of you serving is for you, it's for it's for it to be set, is for you to say, put me in, coach. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to put in the time. I'm ready to be put into action. How do you want to use me to better the team? How can I be a functioning piece of the ministry so that it can grow? When yet I guarantee you, the 20% of people that are in the church serving are doing 80% of the work and are, are being tired out because they're always being circulated for the same thing over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it's the same people being stretched for three to four different ministries. The same greeters are the same people doing the food pantry, are the same people cleaning, are the same people working at the front desk, signing people up for classes. Guarantee you, the same people that run security are the same people cleaning 
cleaning house are the same people that are taking care of the nursery and your kids. Are the same people collecting tithes and offerings and bringing it forth to the accounting. Guarantee you, the same people that are doing the, running the soundboard are also the same people running the video camera, are running the multimedia and the lights. There are pastors who are serving on a given Sunday to where they got to be chased down to let them know, hey, service has already started. You need to be up there in 15 minutes. You got to get yourself in position to be ready to speak. The same 20% people who have served day in and day out, service upon service upon service, are doing 80% of the work. When is that number going to change? When 80% of the congregants are doing 20%. Where the load has been dispersed and delegated. So where you don't see the same people every single week Serving at the same capacity. Let's share the load. Let's share the burden. I challenge you this week, as you go in your as you go, as you go to church this weekend, go to the front desk. Ask them what ministries are there and what ministries can I be a part of? I challenge you this, after today, ask God, where can I serve? What gifts do I have that can benefit the kingdom of heaven? What gifts did you place on the inside of me that can benefit this ministry? What can I do, God, to help advance this ministry for your glory to be made known? Whose burden can I lighten this week? How can I serve? How do you want to use me? That's the question we all need to be asking. How can I be of service to the kingdom of heaven within the ministry that I am rooted in? Is it washing the toilet? Is it vacuuming out the sanctuary? Is it cleaning and dusting the church from north to south, east to west, within the four corners of the building? Is it dispersing food for the food pantry? Is it serving in the nursery and the children's area? Is it preparing the coffee for those who arrive an hour or two before service to make sure everything is in order? How can I serve and benefit the kingdom of God through the ministry that I am a part of. I challenge you this week to adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ. And what was one of the titles he was given? That he was the servant of all. Do not limit yourself to how you can serve, but rather be limitless in how you can serve the kingdom of God and the ministry that he has allowed you to be a part of and grow in. I challenge you.
do that. And I guarantee you, within three months' time, you'll begin to you'll begin to distinguish a change of heart in various areas. You'll begin to see things differently. When you read the word, you'll begin to see things differently. The way you operate and act and you begin to to converse and deal with different people, guess what? You'll begin to change differently. How you handle yourself at home with your wife and your children, with your husband and your children, guess what? The difference will be made known. I challenge you. Challenge you. Plug yourself in the ministry. Be a part of the servanthood. Do not limit yourself in how you want to serve, but be limitless in how you can serve and the ability and the capacity in which you can serve. It's okay to say no, but serve. Serve in the kingdom of God and do not limit yourself to how you are asked to be. Do not limit yourself in how you are asked to be served and how you can serve, I should say. Lord, we thank you for this time. Jesus, for you are the servant of all and you have served us faithfully by giving of yourself so we are able to witness the glory and the power that which is of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do, for you are the servant of all. We glorify in you and we magnify your name, God. Holy Spirit, guide our footsteps this weekend. As we go in, as we go to our respective church homes, and we ask of you to show us where you want us to serve and in what capacity. That we not be limited by what we want to do, but may we be limitless in how you want to use us. Because, a lot, because we are to be a servant of all. We are to adapt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. As he was a servant of all, may we also in turn be a servant of all. The working and functioning attitude as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love you, Lord, and we thank you because you're a good, good Father. You have not left us nor forsaken us. For you do not forsake the righteous, nor do you let their seed beg for bread. Because as we take care of your house, you take care of ours. We praise your name in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen and amen. And with that being said, I love you guys. Remember, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm. You can find all, you can find the podcast, every previous episode, as well as on Facebook. Type in that search bar, Fired Up Radio, or put in the handle at Fired Up Radio 93. And there you should find all previous episodes of Fired Up Radio and the segments of Warring Wednesday and Final Thoughts Friday. All right. With that being said, I love you guys. Have a blessed day, and may the Lord bless you, and may His face shine upon you, and may everything that you touch be blessed and be multiplied. May you, may you be blessed in your going in, and blessed in your going out. May you be blessed in the city, and blessed in the, fee, in the field, 
And may divine favor fall upon you in the workplace and at home. And with every meeting that you partake of. Love you guys. Have a great day. Until then, see you Monday, guys.